Hi everyone, I'm David G, Content Director and Editor-in-Chief at Boating Industry, and this is another edition of Boating Industry Insider. This time talking about organizational challenges in the era of COVID-19 and how it's changing the way we're all working, collaborating, and also evaluating. Joining us is Professor Mark Mortensen of INSEAD, one of the world's largest graduate business schools. He has a PhD in management science and engineering from Stanford and MS from Stanford, and uh, he's a computer scientist and, and has a fascinating background as well as uh, being a recognized global expert in organizational collaboration. And he joins us all the way from Fontainebleau, France, but uh, well, 40 minutes or so southeast of Paris. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Collaboration. That's a word whose meaning has changed a lot recently, and we're certainly thinking a lot about it as a huge chunk of the workforce is remote. Why don't you set the stage for us right off the bat and just give us some broad sweeping overviews about how you are seeing things change in the workplace, particularly in the area of collaboration. Happy to. Um, so collaboration is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's something I've been studying for 20 plus years as evidenced by the gray in my beard. Um, and, you know, and, and it came about just to, to diverge for a split second, you know, based on my own experience, I was, I was a computer scientist for a number of years and I was building technology. And part of what I saw was one of the biggest determinants of success or failure on a lot of the projects had honestly very little to do with the technology that we were building. It had to do with our ability to actually work well together. Um, and so this is really has been the focus of a lot of my research for years around teams and collaboration. Um, we use the terms, they're not interchangeable. You know, when we talk about teams, we're talking about uh, a group of people who are interdependent for accomplishing some common goal. Right. So and all those pieces are important. So it's, it's a bounded set of people. It's not just anybody. Um, the interdependence, the common goal is critical. Obviously, this isn't just people hanging out at a park, but also the interdependence is critical. And we always use the example of people waiting for a bus, right? A group of people at a bus stop, they are sharing a common goal. They all want to get on that bus, but there's no interdependence, you know, and they throw elbows when it starts raining or sleeting, you know, it can go to the, to the full extreme. So when we talk about teams, we talk about collaboration, what we really care about here is, are we allowing people, enabling people, facilitating people to have the exchange of information, the exchange of ideas and the collaborative work? And, and when we're talking about collaboration, we're really talking about sharing, um, sharing information, but also sharing effort in a way that moves the whole project forward. You know, different people have slightly different uh, flavors of that when they talk about it, but that's really in a nutshell what we're focused on. And the way that we do that, uh, you know, we're talking via Zoom. Uh, yep. You know, it's uh, we have changing a lot. Town hall oh. meetings via Zoom. We have editorial uh, lineup meetings via Zoom. Uh, yep. There's no popping down the, the hall to, uh, you know, go into the conference room. Uh, yeah. Talk about does does that impact? Certainly impacts the way we work. Does it impact yes. our, our effectiveness and our productivity? Absolutely. So it. You know, there, there are a few different things that are going on. One is, especially in the context of COVID, we know remote is the new normal. Um, we don't have the chance. I can't sit down with you, you know, face to face in a conversation. I'm sitting, you know, thousands of miles away having this conversation. Now, the technology allows that. And that's, to be fair, not new. You know, I've been studying remote and virtual work also for about 20 years. So it's not like we haven't been doing virtual What's fundamentally different now is up until now, virtual has been largely opt-in. 
So I, for example, I, I am based here in Paris. I live here. I work a lot in coffee shops, restaurants, cafes, things like that, because it's what happens to work for me in terms of my own work style, etc. But that has been something I've been able to choose. And I even choose when I do it. Some of the courses I teach, I say, you know what, that's not something that translates well, etc. One of the big differences we're seeing right now with respect to COVID and, and virtual working is it's not opt in anymore. We're being forced into that. And part of what that means is there's a learning curve for doing anything. There's a learning curve for working remotely and we're being pushed either over or honestly, in some cases, it feels like we're being pushed straight through that learning curve to the other side. So one of the things that a lot of organizations are wrestling with right now is what's going to come next. I mean, first thing is, do we survive getting through COVID, getting through what's going on? But there's going to be a longer term shift in the way in which we work. And that's one of the things that a lot of organizations are trying to wrestle with. How do we ensure productivity? How do we ensure that we know what people are doing, at least? And, and to what extent do we need to know that? Um, all of these things are really in flux. And I'll just add in, all of this is happening on the heels of a whole bunch of other changes, right? There's also the gig economy, which obviously we know a lot about. That's been a shift that isn't just about being virtual, but it's about not actually having sort of ownership of an organization. We also have things like new models, Agile and Scrum and all these other uh, ways that people are trying to organize the work that they're doing. And something that I've been studying a lot, which is that people don't work on one project, they work on six, seven, eight, nine projects. And then you have to think about how do you move people back and forth, the load balancing, the stressors that are involved, lots of it. So we kind of have a perfect storm of a lot of things that are all pretty fundamentally changing the way in which our parents dealt with teams and collaboration, which is, you know, old school. We sit around a table together, the same eight or nine people. We work on the same project for six months, maybe a year, and we're all physically co-located. That we don't see very much anymore, certainly in a lot of organizations. And they're shifting with the virtual, with the overlapping, the fluid and dynamic teams, gig economy, all this stuff is hitting all at once. Yeah, our CEO often has been saying often uh, the last couple of weeks that we were already on the path of many of these things, you know, yep. working remotely, uh, sharing, publishing platforms, you know, you know, via email remotely instead of, instead of together, uh, going to, you know, all digital and, and uh, skewing some of the traditional ways that, that we reached our, our audience uh, mm -hmm. uh, as, a, as a publisher. And she just says, hey, this, this just accelerates the path we were already on is, is that a, are there some bright spots in, in you know, not in COVID-19, but in the way that, that we've kind of been forced to, to work now? Absolutely. Um, and it's actually something we've been studying. So with a, a collaborator of mine, Connie Hadley, who's at Boston University, one of the things we looked at was we've actually been studying people in their process of, of coping with COVID and dealing with some of the changes in the transitions. One of the questions that we asked was we actually asked people, well, what have been the right spots? I mean, hopefully you can find some, you know, what have been the surprising positive elements? Hands down by a long shot, the number one most cited thing that people are identifying is having more time with family, right? And this is one of the things we have to recognize in today's day and age, we are about go, 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 moving all the time, doing stuff. I'm normally on the road constantly. I see my family as much as I can, but I'm traveling all the time. For the past three months, I've been pretty much here. And this seems to be a kind of modal response. Even if you're not somebody who does a lot of traveling for your work, people are spending a tremendous amount of time at home. And one of the things I'm quite certain we're going to see is, again, because people have gone over or through that learning curve, 
and they've started to see some of the benefits that they get, along with a lot of downsides as well, no question. This is gonna be a demand that is being placed more and more on employers once we've made it through. Once we start reaching whatever our new steady state is gonna be afterwards, there's, uh, employers are gonna see a lot more requests of saying, you know what, uh, I kinda wanna be able to do this. There's some upsides and I wanna kinda maintain that. And that's gonna be one of the challenges to now incorporate that into our normal day-to-day -day routines. Yeah, I kind of like that remote thing. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe like to continue that. Yeah, it's got some upsides. Yeah, yeah, it it does indeed. You know, many of us might think that we're. Let's talk about that. Uh, another C word, communication. Yeah. We talked about collaboration. Uh, I I told my CEO the first week or two of of this that I probably talk with my managing editor more often now on a daily basis than than I did when we were down the hall, yeah. and I because I have to be deliberate about it. I say, hey, I should talk to Adam. Well, I've got to pick up the phone. I've got to FaceTime, I've got to email that, you know, I've got to be a little more deliberate about, about mm -hmm. talking to him. So, the, you know, in some respects, the, the communication between management employees that, that we might've thought uh, went backwards might've even been bolstered. Talk a little bit about that. You, David, you are spot on. And this is something I, 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 I it embarrasses me to say, but I have a study that we did back in 2005 that showed exactly that, that actually moving virtual often leads to more communication, more interaction than even what we would do normally face-to-face. -face. I think where you're really hitting the mark is it's about the intentionality, right? One of the things that we have to do, and I've been having a lot, I've been running a lot of workshops and sessions with organizations grappling with this transition right now. And one of the things that they often say is, look, we're, we're having to be so much more intentional about everything where we now say, okay, so we're going to have a once a week check-in. Um, we're going to do a daily touch base in the very beginning, lightning round, go, go, go through everybody. Everybody chimes in. How am I doing? What do I need? Etc. And once a week we do a bit of a deeper dive and we have this really structured. And this is one of the things that a lot of organizations are finding. The caveat to this, it's not a caveat, but the thing that we have to keep in mind, is there is a particular and unique value of informal communication. And this is one of the things that we have to be careful about is we are becoming more mindful of our communication. We're doing it more intentionally. We're building it in, we're designing it in. And all of that has a huge benefit in terms of coordination and making sure we're in the loop. But we also have to recognize in normal day-to-day -day life, when you pop into your colleague's office, you stick your head in and say, hey, how's it going? When you go say, hey, you wanna grab a coffee or you wanna meet for lunch or grab a beer after work, those informal interactions are where much of the sort of the, the grease for the organizational machine comes from. And we have a tendency to undervalue that. One of the things that I often use, it's an ongoing refrain for, of mine whenever I'm talking to organizations, is you have to remember, when you go online, many of the things that used to come for free, you now have to pay for. And what I mean by that is, it used to come for free that I would pick up information. David, if we were sitting in a room together, I would be able to get more of a sense of your environment, what's on your mind, what's going on. That stuff used to come for free. Now I have to be intentional, I have to build it in. And that becomes particularly tricky for those informal things that you don't know you need to ask. We all have examples that we can think of, of having an off the cuff conversation with somebody where they say, you know, I actually was working on something that maybe would be useful. Why don't I send that to you? And it turns out to solve one of your big hairy problems, not because you asked, but because you had an off the cuff, random impromptu conversation. You know, it's interesting when, when think of, of when we convene in a, a 
standard conference room with, you know, one, two, three, four, five people, whatever. I mean, you don't look someone in the eye and say, how are you doing? No, really, how, how are you doing? And yet I find myself, you know, uh, on FaceTime or Zoom or on the phone, just asking that kind of as, a, as an opener, like, you know, how are you getting along? Are you okay? You know, are you, are you staying motivated? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Mm-hmm. And so again, that, that intentionality piece of it that, uh, we can't read nonverbal cues as well. I can't, I can't see you kind of shuffling down the hall if you're, you know, having a bad day. Uh, right. so, so we, you know, sometimes have to use our words as we, as we say, our parents, you know, yeah. to our kids, use your words. So yeah. but uh, I would also add just sorry, yeah. one, one other piece of this is, um, it, one of the pieces of advice we often give is you have to have arguably structured, unstructured time. And it's a piece of advice I give to a lot of teams when they're moving to more virtual collaboration. Because the stuff doesn't come for free, sometimes you have to force it. And you have to understand it's going to feel weird. So one of the things I do often in, in also in workshops is I'll say, okay, the first 10 minutes is off agenda. We don't, you're not allowed to talk about yeah. work. No shop talk. Love that. The first time you do that, it's horribly awkward. There's a whole lot of this. You know, some whistling, some nodding. A lot of people are checking what's on their phones and doing other things. But the second time, the third time that you do this, you have to just push through it. By the second or third time, you start discovering people are having exactly those kinds of informal conversations. I just ran a workshop with an organization, did this. We had an informal forced digital coffee and the conversations ranged from immediate responses to COVID and market dynamics, what's going on in the medical front line, and another group that was really in a deep, intense, focused conversation about how to get rid of pesky weeds without using pesticides. Nothing to do with the topic of the day, but it created the bonding, which is a piece that we often feel that we're lacking. We both used it, I think, already in our conversation, uh, the new normal. Uh, it's yeah. you know, quickly becoming uh, you know, probably a couple of words that, uh, that we're sick of, but eventually, you know, somehow, some way, some form or fashion, we will reconvene. Our, our, our dealerships will open, our offices will reopen, our manufacturing facilities will, will reopen. Uh, when we do that, how do you envision, you know, just kind of our, our roles and responsibilities? Do you think those will have undergone a change? There's no question they'll have undergone a change. Of course, part of the challenge in this is figuring out exactly what that change is going to be. Predictions really easy to do in hindsight. Now we're a little bit in the challenging, more challenging domain where we're trying to figure out what is that new normal going to look like. I think one of the pieces that is definitely going to have to play in is this question and, and sort of challenge that I think a lot of leaders and managers are wrestling with, which is around, uh, around monitoring. Mm-hmm. When we are face-to-face, again, one of the things we also get for free besides the social is I get to see what's going on. I have a, you know, and look, there are articles written about literally management by walking around. How much do you get just by seeing what's going on? And I can tell, you know, yeah, David's doing good work. He's, he's on it or I think I'm losing him. He's kind of drifting and I need to intervene. When people are allowed to do more remote working, one of the challenges we have as leaders is A, am I comfortable enough to let go and to give them the trust that we need? And then B, how do I make sure that I at least have a backstop, you know, whether it's a question of monitoring because I think that David's going to be up to something or monitoring because I think he might need help. You know, whether you're taking a more, a more sort of, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what's the right, the right analogy, but if you're trying to get in there and, and be more in terms of controlling versus more in terms of enabling in either case, 
we're lacking information. And that's one of the things that we're going to have to, that managers and leaders are going to have to adjust to in whatever this new normal looks like. Mm. How am I going to get the data that I need? Wow. I, I, I loved this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your considerable insights and decades worth of, of information and research. It, it, it's, it must be an interesting time for you. Uh, well, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating time for me as somebody who's a, you know, a professional nerd and I love thinking about this stuff. It doesn't get much better than having massive amounts of data and sort of a renewed interest. Um, I'm equally interested in seeing where these things uh, pan out and, and what some of the changes are that are coming our way. Well, I'm thankful and blessed that I have a couple of really nice remote places to work, but I think I might uh, exchange my spot for a coffee shop in Paris. So good for you. It, it has some upsides. I'll give yeah. you that much. Well, we'll uh, and, and I'm sure you're an interesting person to have coffee with. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing. Stay happy, stay healthy, see you on the water. So long, everybody.